It's Monday, October the 2nd, 2017. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, this is our weekly Monday Bible study, and today we are continuing our study of the book of Ruth and looking specifically at Ruth chapter 2. And Ruth chapter 2 is one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. I, I feel like a lot of times we look at and see the commands of God, but we don't necessarily see how to live them out, right? We we have those commands, but if we're honest, you know, a lot of the examples we have in Scripture are, are negative examples, right? Uh, you know, when David, when all the kings were off to war, David stayed at home in Jerusalem. He ends up on the top of uh, a building. He sees Bathsheba bathing, and he acts on his sin towards Bathsheba. We, we have the commands of fidelity, but we see a lot of infidelity. We have the commands that uh, one man and one woman should join together in one flesh, but let we see so many Many of the biblical heroes join in polygamy, but for the call to care for orphans, for the call to defend the widow and the orphan, Ruth chapter 2 is a positive example of that. As a matter of fact, we're going to see today how Ruth ends up on the field of Boaz, and, and, and Boaz lives out Deuteronomy chapter 24 on behalf of Ruth, where he, he shows kindness, he shows gentleness, he shows loving care to Ruth, and we, we see it done positively. And oh, as we get ready to read in just a minute, Ruth chapter 2, uh, let us remember too that as we're reading, we, we hear the narrator tell us what's going on, but Ruth doesn't know what's going on. And, and just as Dr. Rick talked about last week, we see the sovereignty of God that Ruth sovereignly goes on to Boaz's field, a close relative. So as we're reading this even here in just a minute, remember, Ruth doesn't know that she's just wandered onto the field of a close relative. God is taking care of her. And, and that's how we must remember that our God is the defender of the orphan. He is the defender of the widow. He is the defender of the weak. And we play a piece of that in his sovereign hand of caring for orphans. So quickly, but before we get into Ruth chapter 2, obviously another verse in the New Testament that's near and dear to those of us who are actively defending the fatherless are, is James 1.27, where it says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Isaiah 1, 16 through 17, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before your eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression defend the fatherless and plead the widow's cause. And then that leads us also to Deuteronomy 24, where Moses is echoing a commandment that was found in Leviticus 19, verses 9 through 10, reminding the people of the way that God wanted them to care for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. And it says, starting in verse 17 of Deuteronomy chapter 24, it says, You shall not pervert the justice due to the sojourner or to the fatherless, or take a widow's garment and pledge, but you shall remember that you are slaves in Egypt, and the Lord Yahweh your God, he redeems you from there. Therefore, I command you to do this. When 
you reap your harvest in your field and you forget a sheep in the field, you shouldn't go back and get it. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in the work of all your hands. When you beat your olive trees, you shall go over them again. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless and the widow. When you gather the grapes of your vineyard, you shall not strip it afterwards. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless and the widow. You, you shall remember you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you to do this. And oh, God's commands are so clear over and over and over again throughout the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 16 through 19. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 29. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verses 11 and 14. Deuteronomy 27 and 19. Deuteronomy continues to tell over and over that we should defend the fathers, that we should care for the weak, that we should care for the sojourner, that we should care for the widow. And that brings us to this great book of Ruth and Ruth chapter two, where we see this man, Boaz, care for Ruth. And remember, Ruth is a sojourner. She is a stranger. She is a Moabite who has found herself into Israel. She is an orphan. Right. Dr. Rick said as well, she would have left her family. Her family would have disowned her for her to go to Israel. She's already said this great, this great passage, this great poetry to her mother-in-law, Naomi. She said, where you go, I'll go. Your God will be my God. Your, your place you stay is where I'll stay. She has divorced herself from her family. She is an orphan, and obviously her husband has died. She is a widow. And so that brings us to Ruth chapter 2. It says this, now Naomi had a relative of her husband, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him, whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, go my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened, uh, she just so happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was was the clan of Elimelech. Uh, a family member. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and he said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, she is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, please let me glean, gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she's continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she, Ruth, fell on her face, bowing to the ground and said to him, Why? Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? I'm, I'm a foreigner. I'm an orphan. I'm, I'm a widow. Oh, but 11, verse 11. But Boaz answered her, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord, he will repay you for what you have done and a full reward will be given to you by God, the God of Israel under whose wings you have taken refuge. 
And she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsels in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. When she arose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. Do not embarrass her. Also, just go ahead and pull from the bundles for her and Leave it for her to glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave food to her that was left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today, and, and where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law, with whom she had worked, and said, The man's name whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living and the dead. Naomi also said to her, This man, he is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, Beside he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all of my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you have gone out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning into the end of barley and wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother-in-law. Oh, so I want us to see from that passage five things that Boaz does on behalf of Ruth that in turn we should do on behalf of the fatherless, the orphan, the widow, and the stranger and alien. There are five things that Boaz does that I think inform the way that we follow out the commands of Scripture to care for orphans and widows, to defend orphans and widows, and to leave a piece of ourselves for orphans and widows. Number one, Boaz takes notice of Ruth. Notice he comes from out of town. He comes back to his field and he notices that that Ruth is in his field. He notices that someone different is here and he doesn't reproach her. He he, he doesn't embarrass her. As a matter of fact, he calls her over and, and he, he keeps kindness. He keeps his eye on her. He makes sure she's being treated fairly. You see, beloved, we must take notice just as the Lord took notice of us. We must take notice of the orphan. We must pour kindness in them by showing that we notice them, that they are not insignificant. And that's what Christ did for us while we were yet sinners, while we were outcasts, while we were orphaned. Christ died for us, right? Romans 5, 6 through 8 says, For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ took notice of us. Boaz took notice of Ruth. We must take notice of the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. But number two, Boaz provides for Ruth, right? He, he takes care of Ruth's needs, her, her shelter, her food, her clothing, and, and the essentials. He made his field available for her to glean in. And, and did you notice in this passage as we were reading it, he didn't just tell his young men, hey, don't embarrass her as she picks up the leftovers. But he said, hey, let her pick it off the tree and let her keep it. And, and if you notice she's not getting enough, throw some out of your basket and let her pick it up. He sacrificially provided for her. And God has so richly blessed us and taken care of us. And we, in turn, take those blessings to bless others and to provide for others. Number three, Boaz affirms and blesses Ruth. 
Oh, he comes to her and he says, I, I know what you've done for your mother-in-law. I, I know what you have done on behalf of your mother-in-law's family, how, how you have, have, have been nice to her, how you've loved her. He affirms her. He speaks truth in her. And he says, oh, you now are under the shelter of the wings of the almighty God. He speaks truth to her. And, and so many times we know that, that, that foreigners, that, that sojourners, that, that the fatherless, that the widow, that the orphan, that they are living uh, in great pain, a world of pain, a, a world of rejection, a, a world of great fear of further loss. I mean, I mean, think about Ruth. She's coming from a land that, that she is no longer welcome. She is a foreigner. She is foreign to this land. She is an orphan. She is a widow and she has a great loss and she comes into Boaz's field and like like rain pouring on dry ground, he affirms her and loves her. And beloved, that's what God does for us. He, he speaks his sweet words of redemption to us. He woos us while we are far away, while we are dead in our trespass and sin. Christ Jesus woos us with his grace, his mercy, his affirmation, and his love. Oh, I love what 1 John 3, 1 through 2 says. See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. We, we were aliens. We were outsiders. We were the oppressed, and he has now called us children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Oh, when we were strangers, when we were outcasts, when we were orphans, Christ Jesus comes to make us children of God. God affirms us. Boaz affirms Ruth. We have got to bless and affirm the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. But number four, Boaz protects Ruth. Oh, you hear him over and over advocate for her safety. He, he made her a priority, not a burden, right? He told his young men, make sure that she has priority to our water. Make sure she has priority to our provisions, but make sure that you watch after her and that she is not hurt, that she is not assaulted, right? We must not be burdened by the commandments of God, but we must joyfully serve the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow right? With joy we serve. Boaz, you can tell it's great joy to be able to protect Ruth, right? And our great God, Jesus the Christ, with joy protects us from the wrath that we deserve because of our sin. Hebrews 12, 1 through 4 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to whom? Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, who for joy set before him endured the cross. Right? Not, not, not belittling, not, 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 not begrudgingly. Jesus with joy went to the cross, and he despised the shame, and he's now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and faint-hearted. You see, beloved, in our struggle against sin, we have not yet resisted to the point of shedding our blood. God with joy protects us. Boaz with joy protects Ruth. With joy, it is our great honor to follow the commands of Christ, to care for the stranger, to care for the fatherless, and to care for the widow. But last and, and certainly not least, Boaz honors Ruth. Mm. 
He shows great honor to her by inviting her to his table. Boaz invites this stranger. He invites this orphan. He invites this widow named Ruth to sit at his table. Oh, verse 14. I, I love verse 14 where he doesn't just feed Ruth, but he actually says, verse 14, and at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed, he, Boaz, passed her roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied and then she had some left over. She had a doggy bag. She, she had a to-go box that she was able to take, but, but don't miss it. She was at Boaz's table. She was a part of his table. The greatest thing that we can do today for an orphan is to bring them into our fold, to treat them with honor, to place them at our table. Potentially, many of us have been called to adopt a child and and to honor their lives by giving them our last name. But maybe it's bringing in a child through foster care and letting them sit at your table in the the moments that their birth families need to get their lives back together. Or, Or maybe as we've even launched our new Harbor Family Initiative, a hosting program to help families in need, maybe you're inviting these kids to your table to eat at your table, showing them honor. I mean, think about it. We don't just go dip chips, right, in salsa with with strangers. You don't go to macaroni grill with the olive oil and the pepper in the middle of the table and dip bread with strangers. There's an intimacy of inviting someone to your table. This, This scene of what Boaz does for Ruth, there's a scene of intimacy. It's not charity. Oh, beloved, we're not called to charity. Charity is taking what's left in our pockets and giving it out. Intimacy is pouring out our lives on behalf of the fatherless. Oh, and that's what Christ Jesus did for us. Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. He came to seek. He came to save. He did not count equality with God as something to be grasped, Philippians chapter 2, but he emptied himself out as a servant on our behalf. Song of Solomon 2, 4 says, he brought us, he brought me to the banqueting table, and his banner, his banner over us is love. Oh, we must love and honor and bless the fatherless. Jesus came to earth to find us, bless us, and to affirm us. Boaz affirms Ruth. We affirm the fatherless, the stranger, and the widow by opening up our lives to them. Oh, beloved, ultimately, the result is that the defender of the widow, the defender of the fatherless, the defender of the sojourner, the defender of the oppressed. Oh, it's the Lord. And he's the one that also defends us. He's the one that wraps his life around us. He is our great model. Yes, Boaz serves as a model, but Boaz was fallible. Boaz, Boaz was sinful. Boaz would die, but we have a savior who will never die. He has conquered death and he sits at the right hand of the throne of God. And this is the God that Isaiah 58, six verses six through 11 speaks of. And we'll close our Bible study here on Ruth 2 with the words of Isaiah 58, verses six through 11. It says this, is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of the wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. When we care for the fathers, when we defend the fathers, it says that God is there. The glory of the Lord is our rear guard. Verse nine, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. 
you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as like the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in the scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Beloved, when we defend the fathers, ultimately we have a great God that is supplying every single need that we have that will not allow us to fail as we trust in him, as we seek him, and as we play a part in his great redemption story to care for the poor, the needy, the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of the child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.